me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. What is going on, DJ Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast this week for the, I don't know, what's it called now? The Charles Schwab Invitational. There's so many names for this tournament. I forget I forget which one it is every year, like Dean DeLuca, Colonial, whatever it is. We're coming off of a historic PGA Championship. What a week. As usual, I am here with Tyler Tambaline. Tyler, how are you? I'm good, man. I love when you come in with those intros where you're just hot and ready and then you can't remember the name or the last second it just slips out of your tongue. But I know they've had a lot of names here in the past, so definitely can appreciate that. Excited to talk about this one. Excited to talk about Phil. Phil defeats Father Time, PH for the father. We'll see what happens here when we get into that. But before we get into it, Kenny, I want to remind everyone very quickly, this podcast is brought to you and presented by rotogrinders.com. Head on over to rotogrinders.com slash DGen. Get yourself 10 bucks off the first month. So talk to me, Kenny. Phil. Lefty, hefty, our guy, he does it, but uh, definitely not my guy last week. I didn't play any of them. What about you? Yeah, I didn't play Phil, but I, what a win. I mean, a historic win. What a course. First of all, let's talk about that course. Uh, the way Kerry Hay does the PJ Championship setup every year is just perfection. Because like you look at the course, there. if you played well, birdies would be made. If you played bad, you could get a seven. That's the way golf should be, especially in a major championship. You don't want to just grind out pars or bogeys like the USGA does. Uh, if the USGA ever, someone said that the um, U, the U.S. Open, I think it was Wiley, uh, who I love, Matthew Wiley, he's a great, great guy. Um, yeah, you know what? One time, in, when he first started his podcast, Wiley, he actually sent me a signed Alex Ovechkin jersey. I remember uh, that, yeah. Because uh, I, I was promoting his stuff and I like his work and stuff like that. Really nice guy, really nice guy. Um, now, you know, he said that you know if the U.S. Open was played here. He wants the U.S. Open at Kew Island. And thinking about that, I mean, you would think that it's going to be like plus 10 would be the winning score. They would just make it so fucking hard. Uh, it just wouldn't be fun to watch. It's just like fun to watch. I mean, guys are hitting great shots uh, close and, you know, still being able to do it. And if they hit the fairway in the right spot and there was just a perfect, perfect setup. Birdies were out there. I mean, Phil got up to minus eight, minus nine, uh, minus 10, right, at one point in time um, before he sort of faded back and made it really interesting towards the end. Um, what a wonderful course. What a wonderful area. Charleston's one of my favorite areas down there. So next time it's down there, it's got to be on the five-year rotation, um, I think, for, for majors because it's just beautiful there. Um, what do you think of the course, first off, before we get to Phil? Yeah, I think uh, it was Kyle Porter on Twitter. Always a good follow. Drops the Vince Carter. It's over.gif every week. And he said it best. Like, man, we got to figure out a way to get this course into the rotation. The best, maybe the best Ryder Cup ever 
Rory's most historic win ever, biggest win ever for Rory McIlroy, and now Phil winning a major at 50. So beyond that, just in general, like we got the drones, that was sort of the funny drone thing with Mickelson that kind of goes with that. But yeah, just getting the drone looks, the helicopter overhead of the scene on 18 when Phil won last night was incredible. And the course is just immaculate. Everything about it, you know, a couple things, you can see it like it's the time of year, right? The greens, the waste areas, all that. But it doesn't take away from it one bit, in my opinion. The course is just so nice. Uh, the other funny part that ties in with the course was, I think it was Josh Culp, Future of Fantasy, brought it up and talked about the Waste Management Phoenix Open, the field that came out here, like Phil and Brooks, two multi, multi-champions there. You had Ricky Fowler back in the mix. We'll get to him. You know, Finau, who lost in a playoff to Webb. Rom, who's done well there. Keegan Bradley always shows up. Hoffman, even Laird shows up at the WMPO. And then Matsuyama was right there with him, another guy that's won it. So I just thought that was kind of interesting, but uh, I don't see the correlation myself. I just thought the course was incredible, immaculate, and made for a great, fair, tough, but fair test overall, just what we want for a major championship. Yeah, firm, but fair, I would have to say. And I was talking about Phil. Um, what an amazing week for him. You know, it wasn't, for me, I've never been the biggest Phil fan. He's grown on me the last few years. I'm growing up with Tiger. You root for Tiger. I always, you know, the whole phony Phil take, I think in his youth, in his younger days was true. I mean, you never, everything he said seemed calculated, meticulated and, and all. And just, that's just the way it seemed back then. But now with the social media and like him not really giving a fuck anymore is what it seems like when it comes down to that. Uh, you know, you get to see a little bit more of him, how he, he really is. And he's growing on me. Um, now, you know, the win itself wasn't like, Tiger where you know you know my eyes are walling up it was like I was cutting onions and it was just a, a great moment when he won the Masters a couple of years ago but still what a what a feat for a 50 year old man oldest man to win a major championship of course and to do it uh, the way he did where basically I don't know if many people gave him a shot going into Sunday now Brooks didn't play his best but Brooks wasn't like horrible I mean you know he shot two over uh on a tough course in windy conditions on a major Sunday it's not the worst score in the world um but you know to do what he did and then to come at the end to make it a little bit more worrisome than it should have been with that what he hit the water on what was a 14 uh he hit his, the weird little hook that he hadn't hit all day he'd been hitting these beautiful fades uh, you know, with his with his irons, he hits this little little hook uh, that goes in the water, makes it a little bit more interesting. Um, you know, and then you know, you think maybe Usti's back in it, uh, and then Usti does the same thing on the same hole. Um, so so it was, it was pretty bitter for Usti. You know, another runner up, rise up, Usti, rise up. Uh, another another runner up for Shrek there. Um, you know, Kepka. Uh, he just you know, putting wise, he wasn't in it, and it looked like towards the end when he knew he lost, he sort of. Um, let off the accelerator a little bit. And, you know, that was probably not the best idea of Phil uh, out there. Uh, you never know what Phil can do. And you had that 17th hole uh, out. And then Phil played the smart play, um, hits a hit to left uh, with the water on the right, a little bit deep, but he did flush it. Uh, it, was, it was it was a fun watch at the end. I mean, in the beginning of the round, the shifts in momentum, every hole was just ridiculous. Like, two shot swing, three shot swing, one shot swing, two shot swing. Like that's how it was in the first six holes. Uh, if Kevka could weather the storm earlier in the round, I think it would have been a different story. I don't think we see Phil win, but just, just uh, because, I mean, if he just parred those out a lot of the times, I mean, like, uh, you know, he probably would have been in the lead at some point in time going into the back nine. Um, a lot of other guys on the leaderboard that played extremely well this past week. I mean, you look at, uh, Lowry and Patty, the two Irish duos. Uh, I think uh, Mayo said on the uh, on his and his uh, on Twitter saying that uh, you know he wished that it went down to minus two for a playoff uh, if the wind just gusted because you know those two would already be hammered in a clubhouse <laughs> drinking pints of Guinness uh, and they would have to come out and play drunk golf and of course everyone knows drunk golf is the best golf. The man of the people, Harry Higgs, out there, Paul Casey, Abe Anton with an unbelievable. Sunday round. It's probably going to make him one of the highest owned this week, but I don't care. The guy's been playing on fire. Morikawa, another strong finish. Ron bought backdoor top 10. Zalatoris playing well. I didn't even know. I'm looking at the leaderboard right now. I mean, I didn't even know Scheffler made the top 10. I didn't even see a shot from him uh, all week you know, because the coverage <laughs> on CBS was fucking horrible. Uh, ESPN should just get every single major there is every year because they just make it so much better to watch. You see so many more shots, so much less talking, so much less foul, though. Uh, it's basically what it comes down to. Finau, another top 10. Fowler out there. It was a really, really fun watch. 
Uh, Strelman doing this thing in contention until the back nine. Really exciting golf. Really great course. Wonderful major. Uh, after Hideki's win and uh, this tournament, it's going to be hard for the U.S. Open uh, to match, and most likely they won't uh, because USGA sucks. But we'll see how they do. Uh, what did you think of the event? Oh, yeah, I loved it. All around, like you said, just everything to go with it on top of what we just talked about with the course, the way the field played out and how it was. You talked about Sunday, the momentum. One thing I'll disagree a little bit on, but just, you know, score-wise, not that bad for Brooks Kepka, but it is a little bit misleading in the sense that it, the reason it was so bad in my eyes is because it didn't ever put the pressure. I know in the first three holes it looked like that, but when you go 7-7-6 seven, seven, on the par fives, you miss, what, two or three three-footers? Like, you just you got to just have those to at least make yeah. it a game. And, and you yeah. know, that's just what it was. It's nothing to, you can't knock Brooks Kepka. The dude's just a major slayer. We didn't even – no one played him. I didn't play him. I'm, I'm not saying this. I'm saying I that, played like, him. I ended up playing yeah. him because I ended up going off of – who did yeah. I go off, though? That was chalk. That was there. Hovland. Uh, because I know I talked Hovland up, but I could the way my roster construction was, I couldn't roster Hovland and Spieth. Um, I probably should have rostered Hovland. I don't I forget where Spieth finished. But uh, – Yeah, so I'm, just, of, I'm just saying, like, Hovland, pe- pe- people yeah. played him, though. People played him. Yeah. I don't care. Oh, I'm yeah. saying pe- people played him in some way, shape, or form. I'm just saying not like he was highest on. People have, were very – worried about playing him and if they did of course in large field stuff i get all of it you have a few lineups here and there but i'm just saying yeah, in coming into the week all the talk was about his injury his knee is he going to be able to do it and like he he said in his interview man it's a major that's why i'm here i'm going to show up and sure enough he did so that's what i'm saying you can't talk bad about him just was unfortunate that he couldn't put the pressure down on sunday uh pretty good feet i know you, you mentioned the louis o thing that's kind of funny again another second already had the career grand slam of seconds he's a guy that should have made some putts you wish he could have he could have been right there in the mix fight between saturday and sunday but brooks kepka runner up to phil mickelson in this one he was runner up to tiger woods when tiger got it back like I don't know. Let's talk about this for two seconds. Cause I, I came around on Brooks, loved it. And I know you posted about this on Twitter. Forget the rest of these guys. We're going to be talking about them this week. Cause they're all the chalk that are coming up here for this week. But the Brooks Kepka comments on 18 after the, the Phil scene and everyone running up almost tight mini tiger 2.0 of the master scene where everyone's chasing him up 18. He said, they, they dinged his knee up, Kenny, a couple little dings to his knee. So it's cool for Phil, but they dinged up his knee a little bit there. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Here's the thing, like, I, I bet everything he said is true. I bet you it was a little bit harrowing, uh, you know, with his knee and all those people. Everything he said, I agree with him on that. It probably, that's probably exactly how he felt. It's just the way he went about talking about it. Like, it, it's sort of like a me first type attitude with him. Yeah. And, and that's just the way he is. Everything, you know, he's an, an, an intention whore. Uh, that's what Brooks Kepkin is. That's why he says what he says. That's why he does what he does. Uh, it's part of his shtick. It's part of his image, you know, like me drinking crown and roll every day. It's part of my shtick. It's part of my image. <laughs> it's the same with Brooks being an asshole. It's part of his shtick. It's part of his image. Uh, and, and, and the thing about it is I, it just made him sound like a little bitch, you know, yeah. really. I, and the thing is, I agree. It was, it was probably a horrible experience for him because his knee is fucked up. I don't, I don't dis- discredit that at all. It's just the fact of the way he said it. I mean, he just shouldn't have said nothing. And, and shifting the focus of Phil, Phil's win to that, just a little bit. I mean, luckily to me, he didn't pick up on it too much. And you give too much of a run, but there are definitely some articles about it the next day. And people were talking about it, talking about the fans. Um, you know, it just, it, just, it, it just makes him seem like a little bit of a whiny, a whiny yeah. little bitch kid. Uh, that's that's just what that's just what he seems like to me when he does that. Even though everything he said was probably 100% true. Uh, the way he felt, you know, I mean, just, just, just be like, yeah, uh, it, it wasn't great, but I'm really glad for one. Uh, that's all I need to say. You know what I'm saying? Instead yeah. of getting my knee got dinged up a couple of times, dang, got dinged <laughs> up. I, I fuck you, man. I think. I, 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 other, I other good quote though. Other good quote though. You were talking about this one too. I like this one to talk to for two seconds, but Rom don't even want to be here. He said, I don't care. Yes, sure. Uh, who, to be honest, probably someone will shoot a good score, but I don't care. I don't even want to be here. Comes out on Sunday, balls out, finishes in the top 10 again after really C game all week long, basically. Yeah. And, no, and nobody yeah. else showed up there, by the way, either. There's no JT. There's no Rory. There's none of these guys at the top. Rom's still T10, T8, let's say, yeah. like everybody there, and, and didn't even play well. Oh, I mean, for him, I, I, I mean, that's the way Rom is, really. Again, another guy who just – and you haven't seen it as much recently. You haven't seen the blow-ups. You saw a little bit of it on Saturday. Uh, uh, angry Volcano Rom. <laughs> uh, you know, Mount St. Rom. Uh, it, it was out yeah. there a little bit. And it showed his face a little bit more on Saturday. I mean, again, it's another thing about him. Um, but that that doesn't seem manufactured, like no. Brooks. 
Like, no, that's Brooks who he is. He, he wears yeah. his heart on his sleeves. And yeah, Brooks does too in his own way. But it's just funny, like you said, how he almost has to swing it to, about him when yeah. it's like Phil Mickelson just performed incredibly and did this crazy feat. And that's the first thing that, you know, sort of comes to mind is how it's all about you. Now, and then lastly, uh, Ricky, yeah. man, making the yeah. most of his invite. What, what about that? So Ricky definitely cannot say he's back. I don't give a shit where he shows up or why. But uh, still, good to see out of him. I know down the stretch, I think I read today, as of now, I know there's still ways he'll get around him. I think he crept to 101 in the OWGR, and I think he missed that that bogey on 18, cost him uh, the current invite to Augusta, but I'm sure he'll get there now eventually or whatever else he has to do. I'm not sure of all the qualifiers. But You're talking about the good, U.S. Open or Augusta? No, Augusta. They mentioned today oh, that that last oh, one would have yeah, sort of sealed that in, but yeah. he'll get it back somewhere else now if he can continue to play this way. He did say his game feels really well. I'm always silently rooting for him still, even though I've moved on to his boy, JT full time, but I'm just saying that, you know, it was good to see him. Uh, the orange, the shades he had on too, man. Those shades were something uh, almost like mini Charlie Hoffman's. Maybe that's his new look with the orange glove. He's really going full Hoffman now that I think about it. But what, what are your thoughts on Ricky T8 at a major? I think the best thing we saw for him is he's back to his old swing. I think we have to pay attention to him. I mean, we might okay. have to pay attention to him a little bit more here coming up because, you know, that old swing was good enough for him to win tournaments, you know, with his putting and stuff like that. And his putting hasn't been great either. Uh, but that flat back swing, um, you know, that super recognizable for a Ricky Swing that he's been trying to change um, and it's really affected his game. Uh, it, it's back this week. And you saw it on, on um, a couple of Twitter pages that I saw showing that, I think it was Travis Fulton, um, showing that swing, that flat back swing. And that's the way he was. And that's the way he went back to it. And he performed pretty damn well with it. So if he, if he continues using that, uh, that's something that we need to pay attention to because uh, I don't think it's going to happen overnight, but you know, if he gets used to that again and continues, uh, you know, running the momentum that he has after this event, uh, maybe we could see a little bit of an upturn for his play. One last thing though, let's talk about Phil. When it comes to Phil, like I said, I wasn't the biggest fan of him. And I think Will Bardwell wrote a good article about this talking about like, why do people like Phil? Like, like you know, like he he gave up two people. I think it was Kucher, um, talking about Kucher how he was the Mister Nice guy, and then that whole caddy tip thing happened, and he has never been able to recover. He's still not been able to recover. People still hate him. Patrick Reed, um, great player, nine wins, a major, um, and you know his image can't get past him. People still hate him. You know, Phil has. You know, talk shit about Ben Crenshaw live uh, after a Ryder Cup. He has, um, you know, he's he's he has talked about, you know, he's basically flirting. I guess Bartwell called it flirting with murderers uh, about going to the, to the professional golf league. Um, you know, he's just he's had the uh, the what's it called the stock scandal, uh, the insider trading scandal uh he's been known to affiliate with not the best people out there and people still love him um it's amazing to me why that is i I think a lot of it is because most of the stuff that he's done has been off the course um he took a little ding for that bing crenshaw stuff but you know crenshaw was pretty awful uh that year at the Ryder cup it might have been deserved uh so 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 people gave him a pass on that i wasn't crenshaw who was it who was he who was he talking about oh it watson it was watson i'm sorry right it was it was tom watson as the Ryder cup captain if i'm not mistaken i could be wrong my memory's awful i drink too much crown royal and my brain cells are all dead uh but <laughs> you know that whole aspect people still love him and i i, I I like him more now, but I just, I just, it's just amazing to me how many people still love him, uh, even with all his problems. It, and it shows how what the right type of image, the right type of marketing can do uh, to a person. Uh, it, and it's pretty, it's pretty impressive. Also, people, you know, the way he plays, that swashbuckling type of style, people like that as well. If Kucher's out there hitting bombs and going for glory every time, it might be a little different for him as well. But um, yeah, I just thought it was weird. What do you think about Phil and his rep and his love and how people think about that, even though it might not be deserved? Oh, he's incredibly, an incredible polarizing figure. I'll say that. Like it's, you either like him or you don't. You were either really rooting for his ass down the stretch yesterday or you weren't. And, and for me, like, I didn't even care. Like, I'm not a big Phil guy. It was, it was cool. 
it's one of the coolest things for the game, being a golf fan. And that's what's amazing about it. And just thinking about golf as a sport that you can be a JT set on Twitter. Today, you can be 50 year old, 50 years old and come out and get your W like this, you know, in, you know, what's considered, I believe the longest major on, on tour ever doesn't matter. That's based on length from the tips. I get all that. I'm just saying the point of that. And then the field strength that he had to go up against and the way he took it down. So that, that's, you can't not like that. Like that's the point of it. but it's more to me about Phil and his marketing and stuff that he's done, you know, the match the get, you know, running on the green and hitting that putt at that. I forget where it was where, you know, he just d- didn't even care about it and just kind of de- wanted to DQ himself almost and get out of there. Like he just didn't care. And then the work day with the long sleeves saying how good these shirts are and doing the little shimmy dance in the gift that you can see now all around the internet. Like, marketing the coffee. I joked as, you know, coffee's for closers. Bill went out and did it. And you know, the, all the coffee jokes that go with it, but he's done a good job of sort of turning it, it around. Unlike the, like, I just can't see a way Reed could ever do it. I can't see how Kuchar could ever do it. Like Kuchar trying to pretend to be nice. Remember him and Sergio sitting on the golf cart, acting like it was squashed after the second incident. Like that's just, it's never going to come up, come across as flipping your image. Phil has done a very good job of that. People still have loved him all along. He's got his areas that he has his fans in. I love it. It's good for the game. I'm just saying there was, I was certainly not any money in DFS and finances and and sports betting aside. I had no like hype in me. Like, Oh man, I can't wait to see Phil get this W right now. Like I just didn't ever have that. I didn't care if he won. I was like, I was cheering for like stuff to happen down the stretch to make it more exciting. The the excitement for me was not going to be Phil winning at 50. It just didn't excite me as much as some of the other stuff. That's the great storyline. And it goes with the game of golf, what people want. But for me, it wasn't my hype yesterday. I think a lot of it has to do with there's certain points of his career and there's certain points of his life where he let people in, uh, where he didn't have to, uh, and it portrayed him as a really good image. I think the first one would be when uh, his wife had breast cancer and he went and took care of him. He skipped a little bit of golf out there, uh, that whole saga with Amy and, and her pulling through and him being the doting husband. Uh, and then another thing was the one where he skipped the U.S. Open uh, on a course where he probably could have won uh, for his daughter's graduation. Career uh, Grand those, Slam, too, by the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah. I think those really earned him a lot of goodwill uh, with the fans. And I was wrong. I mean, he has done some stupid shit on the course. If you remember that U.S. Open a few years ago, he hit that putt and he went and hit the moving ball again. So it's not even like he's perfect there. Um, so I, he's been really good at, I, don't, I wouldn't say manipulating the fans, but doing whatever he can to make himself look good um in the face of some issues that he's probably had throughout his career uh last thing before we get in let's talk about the fans let's talk about 18 uh we're going a little bit more longer on this intro and you guys can just skip ahead if you don't want to listen i mean that's a great thing about fast forward that's why we put the timestamps time stamps. Yeah, yeah, exactly. time on there uh but i do want to talk about the crowd uh, it was amazing having <laughs> that crowd out there how shitty would it be if there's no crowd there and yeah. phil did this it, it would have it sucked uh, I, I, you know, you don't want to see what happened on 18 all the time, but literally it was like a one in 156 chance. I mean, no one really saw Phil winning this damn event. And I'm sure, you know, they, maybe they should have beefed up security a little bit more uh, on Sunday, but I'm sure the, the tournament were like the tournament uh, leaders are like, yeah, Phil's still not going to win. So there's no reason <laughs> to go ahead and do this. So he's going to blow it. He's 50 years old. It's Phil. Uh, but uh, you know, they must've made a ton of money out there. It was a lot of fun. There's a lot of drunk people out there, but I mean, you know, if people are going to go out there, the first huge, major, major sporting event, I think. I mean, there's been NBA playoffs. There's been baseball games. There's, but, I mean, this is like a major. And, uh, you know, where the crowd was full. And you saw what it's going to be like, at least I think when it comes to uh, post-COVID life, at least for the first year. People are going to go buck fucking wild when they go out i mean it's just what's gonna happen so i cannot blame the crowd for that uh even though brooks Kepler was a little bitch and he was pissed off uh what, <laughs> anything you want to say about the crowd before we move on yeah i loved it I, I really did and i can't wait the the next time it'll be happening where we're going buck wild hopefully kenny for us will be the dfs open where we are we're out there together uh you know maybe chasing down sung jay for another w or something but yeah I, I love seeing the crowd like that it was a lot of fun 18 even aside the the scene that's one thing but i just met the whole week like just having the crowd there the the big cheers that just made the feeling of a major even that much more on top of the great course the great field the results how it all played out just an incredible week all around that's probably why we spent so much time talking about it this week because it was a great one it's hard to move on now to the charles schwab like you said we can't remember the name of the tournament and we go with it from there so yeah we'll, we'll go on we've got the listener league to talk about you got that up 
I do. Let's talk about it. Winner was Walkerton 1908. No avatar out there. He started off with, he had 445.5 points. Uh, started off with Brooks Kepka. Uh, and he, of course, he finished second. Uh, higher owned than most GBPs, 4.5% owned, uh, 96 points. Hovland, he had 59.5 points, 20% owned. Uh, finished in, what, 30th. Willie Z, another guy that we didn't even talk about, who's out there just balling at these majors. Three majors. Well, we're gonna be ta- we're gonna be talking about him in a second here. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, three straight top tens. Ten um, percent owned, seventy five point five points. Finished eighth. Shane Lowry, one of my favorite plays last week. If he just made a couple of more putts on the first couple of days, uh, I really thought he had a chance at this course. Twelve uh, percent owned, seventy five point five percent, seventy five point five points. Finished fourth. Paul Casey, another guy who we did like last week, 16% owned, 76.5 points. Uh, he finished fourth as well. And Carlos Ortiz, uh, 0.8% owned and uh, 62.5 points. Yeah, I like it. I, I didn't I, I didn't know if you had more there, Kenny. I'll just wait for you to pass it over. But yeah, I, I like the lineup all around. I think a couple of key things, just looking at it and looking at some of the other winners that were out there over on the Roto Grinders Monday review show is just what he did with the 7K range, right? Where it was pretty popular between Neiman, Answer. You had those guys. And then of course you dropped down to the lower end and everyone was using somebody down there. And he instead opted to get on a Carlos Ortiz, which was pretty sharp at 0.8%. Didn't do crazy numbers, but 62 and a half points will still do it in this lineup. Uh, crazy part is the highest owned guy he had was Hovland, and that's the guy that did the worst. So you've got Kepka, Lowry, these two. You know, I mentioned it today on that show, but it's just interesting to see those two in majors. It was Lowry holding off Kepka at the open when he won, and then Kepka coming back and speaking highly of someone, which doesn't always happen. Not to, you know, keep shitting on Kepka, just one of the things he's normally about himself. And he did come out and say that Lowry is a guy that's extremely underrated. You guys don't get it, play practice rounds with him. You know, he's a, he's a tough all-around player and you know that was one guy last week that stood out in the midst of you know that he's got Casey in here too but it was answer Neiman Lowry and Casey so first off shout out to Walker to 1908 I think a really great job there taking it down we'll join him in the three men our guy LV Big Blue is OG down and forth and the reason I'll say it not just congrats to him and he reached out to me I said yeah take it down man I thought it was going to be the one but uh, he used Neiman Instead of his boy, Lowry, him and I got together on a big big Lowry ticket at that open, I know of, and he mentioned those same things before, and he had Brooks with no Lowry. If he plays Lowry over Neiman, it looks like he got would have got the job done and taken it down. So I'll love OG, but just thought I'd bring that up. Any other thoughts here, Kenny, you got? Yeah, Neiman was up there until the end, and then I, I will talk about my sweat on Friday. Okay. So I, I was um, going in the Friday, I had, in my cash lineup, I had three guys outside the cash. Uh, it ended up going, and I had like five of six in with Grillo, who was one of the last people out. Uh, I needed to birdie two of the last three to make the cut. Miraculously did it. Uh, I don't think he was on um, the last three holes, which were very difficult. I think he was on seven, eight, nine. I could be wrong. Uh, but he ended up birding those two of those three, making the cut on the number, giving me six and six in cash for a winning week. <coughs> I really needed him him to make that putt because I didn't like ball out in cash. It was still like around the 35th percentile, which, you know, only top 40 double ups usually win. So it was, it's still pretty close uh, because my guys didn't perform too well, but they all made the cut played in four days. So it was a pretty good week. Uh, how'd you do Tambo? It, was, it wasn't my best week. I can tell you that much. I had to, not enough Brooks, like I mentioned, you know, just didn't really play him at all. And then no Mickelson, not that he mattered. Most people didn't have him, but just, all around mediocre at best, uh, just missed cashing in the big one. So uh, that kind of sucked. Bryson, Neiman, speaking of Neiman, the culprits there that couldn't do anything on Sunday. I was all over Louie. That was my guy. And I was thinking, like I said, if he had made some putts on Saturday or Sunday, you'd think he could have been just right there and it would have been a lot better week overall. But always fun in these majors, man. So one opportunity, not just for these golfers to do big things and get some big paychecks, but for someone like me, you know, out there grinding, I'm trying to collect as much as I can on these weeks. So a little bit disappointing in that sense, but good news is, man, we still got a lot more golf ahead of us, a lot more shows we're going to be doing and more majors are coming soon. So I'm excited about what's ahead. Uh, 24 days to the USO. That's right. I'm, yeah, I'm 20, 24 days. All right, let's right, get to this week. We've talked about enough. Let's get to this week. Uh, the PGA tour heads to Fort Worth, Texas for the Charles Schwab challenge from colonial country club. Um, this is an invite-only tournament, smaller field, around 120 golfers. 
Uh, the cut still being top 65 in ties. Uh, you know, only around 55 golfers will be cut rather than a normal 80 or so. Uh, the course used to see the favor experienced golfers, and it still does to a sense. Uh, since 2001, the winners of this event have averaged around seven appearances at, at Colonial uh, before their victory. Uh, only eight golfers in, 60, in 70 years have gotten their maiden victory here. Uh, three years ago, Jordan Spieth was the youngest winner at Colonial. Oh, not three years ago, four or five years ago. Jordan Spieth was the youngest winner at Colonial since 2001. Um, and a year before, Chris Kirk had just turned 30 when he got out of his win. Those two were, and, and Berger last year, those guys have been, uh, you know, prior to the last five years, you know, it was usually old guys, but recently it's been more of a youth movement uh, in this. And I think it's because you see these guys are coming out straight to the pros and they're balling out. And, and the talent of the youth today, uh, you know, the 20-somethings are far greater than it's ever been, I think, in the sports history. Uh, so I, I don't know if you have need to worry about the veteran type of trends at this event when it comes to winning. Um, I think when you come to the DFS, I think that could play into a little bit more part uh, of the way you make your lineups. Of course, weather plays a big factor, as it does on most Texas courses. Uh, the winning score here has fluctuated between minus 9 and minus 21 the last decade. Um, the big reason, of course, is Mother Nature. Uh, you know, taking a week at the forecast this week, it looks like it's rain that could soften the course up in the first couple of days, but there could be some pretty good breezes, 20 miles per hour plus possible all four days especially on thursday that's something to pay attention to this week when it comes to maybe picking a wave or uh, doing wave plays all right colonial country club 7200 yard par 70 course with four par threes and only two par fives uh, the par five first hole is reachable when two by most and if the fairways are playing firm the par five 11th could be reachable um by longer hitters as golfers we need to take advantage of a rollout and it might not happen this week it could be a three-shot par five for a lot of golfers uh there aren't too many eagles at colonial um you know but when you compare it to the rest of the course these five par fives are the easiest but these two are a couple of the hardest par fives overall on the pga tour i think one was it's around they're usually around the top 20 most difficult part fives uh, on tour. So it's not going to be easy uh, when it comes to part fives. Off the tee, golfers will see tight tree-lined fairways with bunkers in play on most tee shots and water a factor on a few holes. Uh, the rough isn't too high, but it is usually wiry and has a penchant for grabbing golf balls and sinking them to the bottom of the grass. Uh, in other words, the, the majority of golf balls hit in the rough won't be, you know, fluff, fluffed up like we've seen in some of the easier courses throughout the year so far. Uh, bad lies in the rough here are pretty much the norm. Uh, missing the fairways this week could be costly uh, since they're, you know, because. For the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them, we are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry. Committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com slash safety or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Hip, 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 powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The greens regulation, these greens are really, really tiny. Uh, so it's going to affect uh, the hold on the greens. Now, again, if the greens are softer, it will make the greens regulation a little bit easier from the rough. But as the week goes on, it doesn't look like there's rain. There might be a, a stray thunderstorm. It's Texas in the summer. We'll see how it is. Uh, but if it, it, with like high, low 90s and the temperature, of course, could be dry. But then again, you have to take into account that if it's going to be that hot, more than likely, they're going to have to water the greens. Uh, so that could be an issue. We'll have to see how it plays out throughout the week. But of course, hitting the fairways, that's going to be the most important part, uh, you know, when it comes off the tee, because it just makes everything so much easier on a course where the greens and regulations are so low because of the, the size or the lack of size uh, of these greens. Uh, on approach shots, golfers see small greens, like I said, with a bit of undulation. Bunkers are very prevalent around the greens, and they're normally set up in front of the putting surface. Uh, these bunkers 
Chris will catch slightly missed approaches and will see a lot of work on holes where there is a headwind. Uh, the green juice bank grass, and if the weather holds up, they should play firm and fairly quick, just depending on how much water they put on the greens. Uh, but it should still play fast with a stint meter rating of around 12. Uh, the course, of course, uh, the course, of course, is known for a very difficult three-hole stretch, nicknamed the Horrible Horseshoe. Uh, hole three uh, is a long par four, big right to left dog leg that lengthens the hole even more. Uh, golfers will need to avoid the bunkers and trees on their tee shots and will have a mid to long iron on their approach into a smallish green with bunkers short right and left of the putty surface. Hole four, 250 plus yard par three, elevated greens, bunkers short and to the left. Um, I think this is the only par three on the course without a hole in one in tournament play. And this is like 70 years of golf so it's a tough one par four fifth hole is a 480 plus yard long um and 480 plus yards long and it's the most difficult hole in the course um slight right to left dog leg golfers have to be supremely accurate off the tee as there are trees and a, a creek to the right of the fairway and a large ditch to the left of the fairway um, on lengthy uh, approach shots golfers have to deal with bunkers short right short left and back right of this tiny green so i mean just the description of these holes it, it, it's incredibly hard in the last 35 years of turning and play these three holes have played nearly 8,000 strokes over par while the other 15 holes have combined to play 800 or so under par uh so definitely it's going to be tough sledding uh from three to five should be a fun week tambo what are you looking for yeah you just said a lot of things that i agree with man i, I already heard a little bit of water in these greens it, to be honest, you know, it really comes down to like the ball strikers, the fairways and greens are, cr- are critical here, a, a good around the green game. It is those smaller greens. Like you mentioned, we've seen it in the past with some of these guys like Spieth uh, taking it down and stuff that that comes into play, making your putts, all, all the basic stuff, uh, the tree lined, right. You know, that makes a difference. You ha- we haven't had a lot of that lately, but when, when we do get these tree line courses, that's where, you know, if you're not in the fairway, you can be in a lot of trouble where you have to get it. You know, your shots are going to be off and then you have to have that good all around game. And then the last thing you mentioned, I think is really key. It's going to come down to Wednesday night, but uh, just trying to play off of that wind. It's never a bad idea to play some wind stacks. So we'll have to wait and see how it goes or what the weather shakes out like, but I do think that's definitely going to be in play come this week. Yep. Let's actually, uh, a couple of things I like, uh, you know, there's a lot of holes from 400, 450 yards, a lot of approaches from 150 to 175 yards. I think if the wind blows around the green game is going to be important as well. Let's go to this week. Let's start off on these tiers, Tambo. We got Spieth all the way down to Zalip. I'm sorry, Daniel Berger. Who you got this week? Yeah, see, you want to put you want to put Zalatoris in there, but we'll get to him. We'll save him. Uh, I like this range quite a bit, actually. I think that's the winner probably comes from in here this week. Just looking at it, uh, I don't know if it's going to be right or wrong. It's early in the week, but it, you know, it just seems like everyone's going to want to play the next range with all the guys in there, Connors, Neiman, Scheffler, Finau, Answer. It's just all the dudes that everybody wants to play. And I kind of got a little twosomes in every pocket. And at the top, I'll even add one more. You know Berger's coming back after last week and just going to clown everybody. And I think he, he, based on the way DFS has been lately, he's still going to probably get ownership regardless of what he did last week, but made the cut sort of plus four. Didn't even know if he's going to make it after day one, grinds it back to four cut ends up being five. Thought he grinded it back to the number, but then like you mentioned, it ended up being five and guys like Grillo stuck in and whatnot. Uh, good for you. But I just said, that's just kind of how burger too. Burger was on my Cascade Cornerstones yeah, too. He so, a yeah. burger. Everyone had burger. Yeah, it was the play of the yeah. week. But now you do have quite a few names. People are going to make cases, obviously, for Spieth based on the course history and how well he's been playing. And the course sets up extremely well for him, no doubt. Uh, Patrick Reed, there's been cases I've seen out there made already. All those guys in the 9K range. But the two I like the most, and it's not going to be any surprise you know, probably to anybody, but the, the two best ball strikers in the world, in my opinion, Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa. I know it's expensive for Morikawa, or it seems that way at least, but he did have himself a pretty hot Sunday round. Not as hot as answers who's you know went seven under and had the day basically covered but uh, justin thomas is is my favorite play and not just because he's my favorite player or bias in any way shape or form it's just hard for me to click speed when jt's right there so if it's wrong it's wrong i like jt's game better Uh, i know it's you know hasn't been the greatest as of late but i think a course like this would be just set up perfect for him be able to go out execute and he's just to me better than the rest of the field so i'll I'll just stick with him morikawa and a little bit of burgers sort of where i'm at up front here kenny what about you I worry about Justin Thomas again because it was driving. Uh, he, he can be really good or really bad sometimes. And the thing about this course is it doesn't leave you very much room to be bad. Um, if, if he goes wayward off the tee, uh, he is going to struggle. And you would think the same thing with Spieth. But if you look at Spieth, the last few, well, I think I think seven of his last eight 
um, uh, events played his gain strokes off the tee. Uh, that is not something we see from Jordan Spieth uh, very often. That was a lot of his downfall. And I think uh, he knows how to play this course. He knows how to scramble. Um, his approach game is solid. Of course, is around the green. Like I said, scrambling is impressive. Last week, uh, he finished in 30th, uh, but he did lose almost over two strokes putting, which you don't see from Jordan very often. I think the last time that happened was uh, at the Northern Trust. When he, when he went through that little bit of a struggle last year late, uh, we saw that happen, but this is the first time it's happened this season. Uh, I think he bounces back in his putting effort on these comfortable bent grass greens. Uh, so I do like Spieth. I like more Kawa uh, also because of his iron play and his accuracy off the tee. Um, you know, he's really good from 150 to 175. Uh, those two are in. I'm thinking about Reed. Uh, we'll have to see, but Spieth and Morikawa are definitely in for me. I think Justin Thomas is going to be a fade for me. Uh, probably not going to play Berger. I will think about Reed, though, this week. Let's go about to this 9K range. And I think what's what it's going to come down to for me, um, either I'm going to play Reed or I'm going to play Zalatoris. It's either going to be experience or youth uh, for me. I still haven't made that decision quite yet. Um, it seems like Zalatoris steps up to the big moments and we'll see how big of a moment this is for him. Now I'm not too worried that this is his maiden um, voyage onto um, colonial country club. He's from that area. So, I mean, I think that uh, he's probably played the course before. I'm not really too worried about that. Uh, I think he does make a good play. We'll have to see which direction I go again. Another guy who's not the most accurate off the team, but the thing is when he misses, he doesn't miss by that much. Uh, like you see with Justin Thomas, who when he misses, he can miss wild uh, off the tee. And of course, putting wise, when it comes to JT, I, I, it's probably been one of his worst stretches I've seen in a long time for him with a putter. Like, can he get it back in a week? We'll see. It's putting. It, it's, it's so variable. Uh, but we'll see about that. And other guys, I'll go with my first cash game cornerstone this week. It is going to be Abe Answer. Um, he's going to be incredibly popular. And I think I'm going to go ahead and cancel that out by using him in cash and being light in him in GPPs. Um, so he can still be worth about 60% of my bankroll. So he's still going to be a very important golfer. The guy's had, what, four top 10s, four top 15s in a row. He's playing amazing golf. Um, iron game is strong. I think the big thing is he's number one in bogey avoidance in his last 50 rounds uh, in, in this field. Hits a ton of fairways. One of the best par four players out there. Really strong from 400 to 450 yards. I mean, you look at this uh, – you look at this field with Spieth, JT, Morikawa, Reed, Berger, Zalatoris, Finau, Scheffler, Connors, Neiman, uh, M. I mean, all these top-notch guys, and Abe is ranked third in my model uh, this week. So I am going to go with him as my first cash game cornerstone. And another guy I think who fits the mold on this course very, very well, who's extremely accurate off the tee and who is very, very good, uh, very good with his irons, ball striking extraordinaire, and who's gotten a little better with his putter. Uh, this year, Corey Connors, your Canadian brethren out there. I like starting my line, my cash game lineups with these two guys. Uh, I think it still leads to an aggressive nature because I think both of these guys do have a chance to win. Uh, so I like this. Uh, I like Neiman. Uh, I think if it gets windy, I think he can play. I think he can do a little bit, uh, do pretty well if, if it breezes out a little bit here. And I, I'm not going to play – I don't think I'm going to play Gary in – DFS, but 55 to one is a number I'm seeing on him. And I think that's too high uh, when it comes to betting. Uh, so I will have a bet on one. He's one of my six at the end of the week. Who do you like? Yeah, I like a few guys, but like I said, just the way roster construction goes, I'll have to see how, how the week plays out. Obviously first look here, but I just think uh, a couple things I'll save the best for last, but answer for sure. It's tough to get away from, like you said, he, he will be popular, but probably for good reason. You know, the, I love a good hot round coming over like that, that he has that round of the day on Sunday, but a lot goes with that as well. And at 9,700, we'll have to see how that shakes out, but I certainly like him. Connors, definitely Neiman, who you mentioned, and Neiman better really likes bent grass better on bent. When he won the green briar, it was another par 70 bent grass greens, you know, something like that I think could apply here. So I like Neiman in that sense, but uh, Willie Z would be the guy. And and this is just a side note, Kenny. I know you mentioned at the top and I agree with you hundred percent. There's not likely to be a lot of Eagles here, but I looked on Twitter. I'm coining this nickname. I'm stealing it before anyone else does Willie Zeagle because man, this guy makes Eagles. I, I was watching at the PGA championship. I had to go dig in a little bit. Nobody's ever used this name for him on Twitter. I just created it. It's Willie Zeagle. 
is the new nickname. Eight Eagles in his last seven tournaments. So, and he's played most the same as Morikawa. So just compare this for a second. Another excellent ball striker. How many Eagles do you think Morikawa has in his last seven? I don't know. None? Zero in his last 10. And and Willie Ziegle out there just dropping Eagles left and right, man. So uh, I know this course is tougher to find the map, but I just think the scoring can yeah. be out there for him just with how accurate he is. He'll still have, even if it is a third shot in, in the case of the two par fives, he's still going to be the, the favorite to drop it into five feet or whatever, and then be able to hopefully make those putts. So I, I do more, like more that. Cow, for... More Kawa probably has the most important Eagle at Harley yes. Park last yes. year at the BG Championship, yes. though. Yeah. He does. Yeah. Hey, we, we're going to get Willie Z a win here sooner or later, man. We know that joke has been played out enough but uh, he's got to get a w right so why not here i think that could be the spot so realistically for me it's not that i don't love the 9k range it's just when you've got speed who you mentioned jt morikawa burger zalatoris answer like i like all those guys better than what's below before we get down to charlie hoffman at 8700 so i'm with you on the calls i, I could get behind them but are just not ideal to me at first look at least especially with this being an invitational 120 121 whatever it is based on the one extra invite i read about today but he could still withdraw and then it's like an older guy i believe and, and he wouldn't matter it would just stay at 120 no one replaces him so uh yeah I, I do like going a little bit more aggressive this week myself at first look here kenny yeah another guy let's move down to this 8k range another guy who piques my interest is justin rose i'm not sure how much I'll have of him on DFS. If you look at his putting last week, he came like 12 strokes putting <laughs> at the PGA Championship. Uh, but I do like his, I, I do like betting him. I think I got him in, what was it? Uh, let me look here. 35 to one, which I think is another big number for a guy who, uh, you know, it, it can win in this field. I think he has won this tournament, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so, yeah. So I, I like Rose more for betting purposes than DFS. Um, I like Charlie Hoffman. I, the guy's just been playing unbelievable golf. I think he's cash worthy. Uh, he's played well here uh, in the past. So I'm going to go with him. I'm going with my Korean brethren, Kevin Na. Uh, this type of course seems to be do well for him. I think he won here a couple of years ago, uh, hitting fairways, um, hitting greens and making putts. I mean, that's basically what Kevin Na does, uh, you know, and I think he's one of the best around the green uh, in this field. So even if he misses with, with his irons, he can still get it up and down and do his thing. And I think if the wind picks up, it gives him even a little bit more of an advantage uh, just because there's going to be more missed greens. Uh, and, and, and the more golfers are missed the greens, uh, the more advantage Kevin Na has because of his stellar short game. Uh, I think I'll go Brian Harmon as my third cash game cornerstone this week. The guy's been playing excellent golf. I think last week he even made the cut on like an 8,000 yard course. And this guy's not very long at all. Prior to that, four or five straight top 20s, been playing extremely good golf, avoids the bogeys, hits enough fairways out there, strong enough on par fours. Uh, so I really do like Harmon as my third cash game cornerstone this week. Uh, who are you going with here? Yeah, I really like Charlie Hoffman, who you mentioned already, but I think that just stats-wise across the board, Charlie Hoffman in Texas, always a thing anyway, plays well in the wind, makes his bank there year in, year out. So regardless, he'll be a little bit popular because a decent week last week, but that's fine. There's so many ways to get different. Like I just talked about before, I've already got, you know, some things in mind that I think you can use them tons of different ways at that price point in your lineup construction. So uh, don't miss the Wednesday show over on Roto Grinder is going to be going through all of that. And again, this is coming together. I think it's going to be a big week. Finally get a good PGA week here. I got a feeling. So uh, Charlie Hoffman, I like Kevin. Nah, you took it from me. I'm not only going to play him, but I'm going to bet him. This is his spot, man. This is, you know, where, where he comes out. These, these spots are where Kevin Nah gets those W's and why he has won every single year for the last four years is because he just waits and circles these places comes out less uh, less likelihood that we get the withdraw or anything crazy happening and like you said just having fairways greens and then having such a solid around the green game makes a lot of sense Harmon, i like streelman i like i know streelman we got more tv time on streelman's plus three on sunday because of a couple early holes that he had that looked like he was going to make a run than we did of like you mentioned a guy like scotty scheffler actually shot two under on sunday but it's just the way it shook out with the the leaderboard and what they thought was going to happen so uh, i can go back to streelman he's never super popular he gets a little bit of love but maybe the 8300 price tag scares people away uh, i'm with you on Harmon. i think he's a good play i'm going to go into the upper 7k range though kenny because i see a couple things here and i know it's one with you i'll leave it for you kind of but uh, brent snedeker at 7,900, fits in here between Harmon and between Grillo, who I think people will definitely be talking about Grillo, the stats, the numbers, the results last week. Everything lines up for him 
just as well. He's had some pretty good results here in the past, missed the cut last time out, but 19th, third, 24th before that. So I definitely think that those guys will be the most popular, but Snedeker could be a nice little pivot in here because I expect those other two to be popular. Great recent form. And then the biggest one I saw, I forget who posted it today. So I apologize just to all the stuff that I read coming into the show. I love it was the old man inspiration. You just go out and see lefty get that W you've seen sink taking down, you know, similar type courses like the RBC heritage. And now you've got your spot where you're actually in pretty good form coming in. So I think Snedeker is pretty interesting at 7,900. I, I know you like him too, but a couple other guys here for me in the upper 7,500 and up would be Chris Kirk, Matt Kuchar, and then maybe go back to the well on Siwoo Kim uh, when most won't. I, I know it's you know risky, but I, I don't mind going back to him after a lot of people liked him last week. Well, the thing about Siwoo is Koreans in Texas, rostering Koreans in Texas is a thing. Uh, you think uh, in the last three years, there's been three Koreans that have won in Texas. Uh, Sung Kang, Kevin Na, and um, old boy Cage Lee a couple weeks ago. Uh, the, the Koreans, somewhat, they, I mean, it, most Koreans on tour live in Texas. Uh, they all live in basically like the Houston area or the Dallas area. Uh, they want to be near K, uh, KJ Choi. Uh, you know, like you saw when Cage won his event a couple weeks ago, the first person to green him off the green was KJ. KJ is the godfather of Korean golf. He settles in Texas. Uh, and you get a lot of these Korean guys playing golf in these wins. They're used to it. They play their practice rounds in Texas. Uh, they're used to the Texas wins. I think Koreans in Texas uh, is a thing. Uh, so I don't mind Siwoo Kim there. Um, Snedeker is my fourth cash game cornerstone. Uh, because uh, the guys have just been playing exceptional golf here recently. I mean, it looks like his game is back to form. Also, when looking at it, he is the number two best golfer or best putter on bent greens, uh, bent grass greens uh, in this field in the last 50 rounds. His iron game has been pretty strong here. Recently gaining strokes in three out of his last four. Prior to that, he hasn't done that that often. Also, good history here. Uh, I think it just makes sense. Uh, so my four cash game cornerstones this week are going to be eight answer at 9,700. Uh, Corey Connors at 9,400. Brian Harmon at 8,000. And Brant Snedeker at 79. This still leaves you 15,000. And now I know with my the way I've been doing my cash Lineups, it's being uber aggressive. Uh, you could probably take that a step back this week just because there's 125 golfers in the field, 120 golfers in the field. There's going to be more six of sixes this week. You're probably going to need six of sixes this week. Um, but I'm going, I'm still going to go aggressive. I think I'm still going to go down to the 6k range for my for and I'm going to go 6k and 8k for my uh last two to fill out my lineups. I already have it filled. You can guess who they're going to be. I've already talked about one. Uh, we'll talk about the other one here when we get to the bottom of the 6K range. Uh, other guys I do like, I do like Kuchar this week. I think last week you just sort of sort of take off the board. I told It was just too long, of course, for Matt Kuchar. Uh, I think this fits his game more. And again, another old guy who has been playing better golf. Uh, now going down just a little bit, uh, oh, Matt Jones, another guy I like who probably will be overlooked uh, one just just a couple months ago on tour, so you know he has that upside, and also one of the better bent grass putters uh, out here. So I like him again. He, another guy around the green, very very strong. So if it gets windy, um, I think the guys who are really good around the green, you bump them up uh, a lot more when it gets windy. Also really good on par four scoring. I think he's what. 11th in strokes gained par four in his last 50 rounds in this field. Uh, also top 15 and birdies a better gain and DK points uh, surprisingly uh, in this field in the last 50 rounds. He gets his birdies. He gets his points. And of course, that's what you're going to need when it comes to DraftKings. Now going down to this lower 7K range, not the biggest fan of too many. Uh, I know a lot of people are going to, I know Bamford and Sundog Monkey are on Martin are on CT Pan. So I'm just going to tail those guys. Uh, that's just what I'm going to do. Um, I think he had a pretty couple good performances in his last four rounds. I'll be honest. Um, I'm just tailing those two on, on that one. Harry Higgs, another guy good on the shorter 400 to 450 yard par fives. I'm sorry, par fours uh, with, with a good outing last week. Uh, I'll probably go one guy who you just don't see very often. Uh, who's going to be very, very low owned. that I think can pop. Uh, we've seen him pop. I think it was a couple months ago, finishing top 10 in an event, was in the mix uh, going into the last day was Russell Knox. Good iron game. 
Again, bogey avoidance, really good from 150 to 175. One of the best in the field in that range. Um, anybody, who else do you like? Oh, and Troy Merritt is another guy who I think, uh, another low-owned guy who I think that you can play down here on these type of courses. Yeah, I like a few of the ones that you mentioned there. I think Brendan Todd is still in play when you're talking fairways and greens. C.T. Pan, who you mentioned, uh, that's how he won the Heritage, another place where you pick up a plaid jacket. So, you know, fairways, greens, make some putts. That's what it comes down to. Could go back to the well on Doug Gim, I think. Uh, another guy, sort of his game, but, you know, he burned people a lot when he was last time out. Uh, three more I got, maybe four, you know, in this range. It's a giant range, so to name three or four more, I don't think it's too bad. But uh, Joel Damon. Got a couple top 20s here, two of the last three years. Played pretty good last week for, you know, a few few rounds there. So I think uh, he's an interesting play at 7,400. Russell Knox, who you mentioned, just dialed in when it comes to fairways, greens, uh, longer irons that you talked about, and then the par four scoring that you mentioned. Those things all line up. And then the last couple here, Kevin Kisner fits into the same bucket as like Kuchar, Kevin Na, whatever. Like this is just where they're going to come out and be able to make hay. He's already won here in the past. Some other good results. So I do think uh, you can go back to him. And then lastly, Matthew Neesmith probably, uh, you know, won't have a lot of people go to him there, but uh, his game's been solid over the last little while, you know, so, as far as ball striking, strokes gain approach, uh, hits a lot of greens, fairways and greens, kind of his game too. We saw it. I always bring it up, but at the, you know, the since way back, even the Corn Ferry Tour, when we were looking for Hovland, he burned a lot of Hovland tickets up that one week when he just, same thing, needed a fairway and a green to, to finish him off. And he did it right on 18 with all the pressure on. Uh, we like him at the course RBC Heritage, which gets some comparisons here based on the engagement story, but he's also played some pretty good golf there as well. So I think it could, you know, come across here at this course at 7,300. I think he's a pretty good play as well. All right, let's move to the 6K range. There's a few down here that I like. Uh, I think I'll go back to the well JT Post, and this seems like this type of course would fit his mold. Um, I think he's made the cut here three out of four times. Again, one of the better putters uh, out there. Sort of like JT is another guy who's going to be, you know, 3% owned or less. Um, Zach Johnson, another guy, old guy, uh, really good on the 400 to 450 yard par fours, uh, a guy who'll be overlooked, had a nice little run earlier in the year. Let's see if he can get back to that. Um, Joseph Bramlett, uh, really good his last time out. Uh, I think he has upside here for top 20, top 30, maybe Brian Stewart. Uh, again, one of the most accurate golfers out there off the tee. I think that will be very, very helpful, especially if the winds blow. Uh, pretty good track record uh, at this course. And then um, going down just a little bit more, uh, I'll probably play the Koreans again. And I really like uh, Danny McCarthy at that price. Uh, you look at Danny McCarthy at $6,300. He's made seven of his last eight cuts. The number one ranked putter on bent grass greens in this field in the last 50 rounds. Uh, top 25 in par four efficiency from 400 to 450 yards. Uh, top 30 in strokes gained around the green. I, I think he's cash worthy. Uh, if you want to get uber aggressive, which is the way that I'm starting to do my cash lineups. And I know with my cornerstones, it doesn't seem like it's the way it's been, but I think all four of those guys that I picked have a good chance of winning. Uh, I wouldn't even mind outright bets on all four of them. Uh, and I think there might be a couple of misses here. Uh, I'm, I'm rostering five golfers over $7,900, uh, this week. Uh, and then you can guess who my last one is. I just talked about him. So there you go. You get to get the fifth one for free uh, this week. Uh, but that, I think that's the way I'm going to go uh, this week in cash. So I like Danny McCarthy. What about you, Tamo? I was just trying to look up some stats there while you were talking about Denny there. I, I think that's a fine play for sure. I was trying to find uh, Vincent Whaley again. He's back in the field, man. 6,200, 26, 26, 29, dude, 34, I'm, 28. He, he might be worthy too. That guy just makes cuts. If you don't want to play Denny, I'm just saying you can just play Vincent Whaley and get your top 30 and move on. That's just all he seems to do. And he's been at every type of track. So you can yeah, say, I don't what understand why he keeps being this cheap when he makes every <laughs> fucking cut, like every top cut. 30. It's almost, it's almost been like a free space. Like I played him almost every week. Uh, it's basically been like a free space with Vincent Whaley. Now we say this and he's going to miss the cut by 15. But he never but gets a, played though. He never gets played. So I was like, you yeah. know, we joked about a couple weeks ago, the chalk and he was 2.7%. He's eight for eight with nothing worse than a 36 and only two worse than 30. If most of them are 29s or better, there's a 15th in there. It's just funny. Like it's a guy, 
you can just go to and, and hope for the best. Don't go all in or anything based on that. It's golf, but I'm just saying uh, down here, you know, Brian Stewart, you mentioned, I, I really like to stay above 6,800, 6,700 below. You can sort of pick your spots between guys like Brian Stewart, Danny McCarthy, Vincent Whaley, all the ones we just mentioned, but JT Poston's interesting who you mentioned. Uh, Richie Wierenski's been playing some good golf. Wyndham Clark's been playing some good golf. Zach Johnson fits the mold. If you want to go with the Kisners, Kuchers, Knox types, nah of the world. And then McNeely, 6,900, we'll play him here and there. So I don't mind some of those guys. Tom Hoagie, I think I mentioned, but just those types of guys at 6,800 and up. Once you get down below that, though, it's not, I know it's an invitational and whatnot, but I'm really not all for that with just the way my roster construction looks as of right now, at least. It doesn't seem to be necessary. All right, well, let's get the bets then. I will go ahead and give my six out. I'm going to start off with Corey Connors at 19 to one. I really like him. I, I can't get around the betting answer like, what, like 13, 14 to one, 15 to one. I, I, I can't do that uh, with answer. At least Corey's actually had a win. Uh, so he knows how to do it. So I'm going to go, uh, going to go Corey at 19 to one, Rose at 35 to one. Uh, again, not sure if I'm going to play him in DFS, but I, I, I think that number is good enough when it comes to outrights. Hoffman at 45 to 1. Woodland at 55 to 1. Once again, not sure if I'm going to play him in DFS, but that number, again, too good to pass up. Uh, Snedeker, 90 to 1. And I'm following our boys, uh, my boy Sundog Monkey. Uh, Pam, 175 to 1. Yeah, I like that. I might have to add that because I only have four here. One thing I was going to say, that's interesting on those numbers. So I'll, I, I have answer. I got answer at 20, though. So I, I oh, definitely yeah? like that. Yeah. So, and, and I got Connor. I got Connor sitting here at 25 still, but I'm just not as interested. I'll take answer uh, to pull off a W if he does. And like I said, I'll see how my, my roster construction goes. I like Willie Z. He's 25, too, but uh, I'll, I'll be playing plenty of him. But Neiman, 33, going to be playing that. Uh, I like that number on him. It looks like uh, it's already dropped to 28. I got it this morning. And then Grillo, 60. And Kevin Na, 67. So those are my my four. Answer, Neiman, Grillo, and Na. That's the yeah, four I, think, I got. I think the answer number might have dropped. I, I didn't take a look at it. I had to work all day. I didn't get home till late. So I didn't get a look at it until about 30 minutes before I recorded. It still doesn't feel good. Don't get me wrong. At 20, yeah. I, I still don't love it. It's just if, if he does go out and continue what he tried to put together there on Sunday. And not like he hasn't been knocking on the door lately anyway. Right. We just saw it the week before at the Wells Fargo. Like he's been doing his thing and always a contender. And these are the perfect types of courses. He drives the ball well. His approach game is strong, is around the green. Everything's just solid. And it's just whether or not he you know can get past what stands in front of him, which is a, an okay field right here, right? JT, Speeth, Morikawa, Burger. There's some big names. Reed, Fina, like he's got to get through some names. So it's gonna be tough, but and that's why the 20 to one still doesn't feel that great. But neither would a 19 to one Connors to me. So I'm with you there. I hear I hear that. Yeah, I, I, I'm going with them just because I wanted to bet one guy, one person in that range. And uh, the book I'm looking at, which is the book of the place that we've been talking about for DFS the whole time, uh, yeah, uh, that, that's where my money is. So that's where I'm going to go with those numbers. Um, also, one and done. I'm going Spieth. I still have him left. I think this course, I don't know how many more courses really fit him this well coming up especially i mean i know there's a couple more bent grasses left but i don't know what events he's playing i think if you have speed this is the week to use him what do you think he's going to be owned in dfs i'll get my one and done in a sec just to i don't know i mean he didn't finish crazy high last week and i, I you got jt right and more right under him he could be 15 percent, 18 percent he could even be less i'm not an ownership guru that's something to pay attention to i mean if he's like under 15 percent you probably got to pound the hell out of him. I would yeah. think. Yeah, I, I think it'll be more just because everyone, you know, the course history on top of all the other yeah. narratives that will come with it. But I know it's all good. I'm just curious. I got you down what, a few. Yeah, what do you think JT's number is going to be? That I, I feel like been playing well. Yeah, he might be. He might be one of the lowest zone. That's why I like him. Yeah, that's what was my my thoughts were that. But they, they can always change. We don't know. Like yeah. I said, an ownership gets swayed all week long, and people start saying, "Oh, if I'm going to go back to speed at his highest price, buy the high, the high point and." I know he has good course history, but who cares? And, you know, whatever. And then maybe who knows, it gets spaced out. So just play wherever you like. I just like JT and Morikawa anyway. So I'll be playing them uh, for one. And done. I mentioned a couple of them. If you have speed, by all means, Morikawa, Willie Z, Berger, answer. Those are sort of the four guys I'd be picking between for this week. Just to, you know, I got to see what I got left. I definitely don't have speed, but I did pick up a W with Jordan speed. So I was happy about that. All right. You can find me on Twitter 
at Kendo VT. You can find my article every week on gupscorner.com with my cash game cornerstones, uh, my course preview, uh, stats to look for, uh, favorite DFS plays in each range and cash and GPPs, and my final betting card. Go to gupscorner.com. Tambo. Yeah, find me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. Hit me up there if you have any questions. Post out as much as we can throughout the week, all the content that's going on. And then, of course, rotogrinders.com. Mentioned at the top of the show, head to rotogrinders.com slash DGEN. Get yourself 10 bucks off the first month. You mentioned Wiley earlier. Great guy. We actually had him on the Tuesday show last week. We don't have a special guest this week, but myself, Noto, and Cards will be back as always. On Wednesday, I've got Cards back on with me to go through the line of construction ownership basically breakdown show that we're doing with all our exposures and using lineup hq for anyone who's doing mme but then showing how you can utilize it for anything of a one to three max as well so it's going to be a good week kenny i hope everyone has a good one appreciate y'all all right after historic major and three weeks before the next major we still got to grind it out we're dfs degenerates we're gambling degenerates this is how we roll let's win some motherfucking money degen nation Uh, been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Uh, been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.